Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Aidan, come and just read God's word to us today. How do you turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah and chapter 38? morning everyone. Um, Isaiah 38. In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went with him and said, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not, you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Go and tell Hezekiah, This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. I will add fifteen years to your life, and I will deliver you to end this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. This is, the Lord sign to you, this is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. I will make the shadow cast by the sun go back the ten steps it has gone down on the stairs of Ahaz. So the sunlight went back the ten steps it had, done, it had gone down. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. I said, in the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death? And be robbed of the rest of my years? I said, I will not again see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. No longer will I look on mankind or be with those who now dwell on this earth. Like a shepherd's tent, my like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver I've rolled up my life and have and has cut and he has cut me off from the loom day and night. You made an end of me. I wait patiently till dawn, but like a lion he broke all the bones. Day and night you made, me an, you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am troubled, O Lord. Come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me, and he himself has done this. I walk humbly all of my years because of this anguish of my soul. Lord, by such things men live, and my spirit finds life in them too. You restore me to health and, you give, and, and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all your, my sins behind your back, for the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you, as I am doing today. Fathers, tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me and will sing with stringed instruments all the days of my life in the temple of the Lord. Isaiah, Isaiah has said, prepare a poultice of figs and apply it to the boil. 
and he will recover. Hezekiah had asked, what will be the sign that I will go up to the temple of the Lord? Amen. The title of um, my message this morning is The King's Health. I was very tempted to call it the king's speech. I was, because so much in the chapter is about the king making a speech. But I settled on the king's health. I want to talk today about healing and health. Uh, From this chapter that probably you don't have underlined in your Bible very much or on the wall or as part of your scriptural armory when you're ill. But I was amazed just a few weeks ago, just to read this as part of the daily readings, to see so much in it about the topic of health and healing. And uh, I just want to share some of these ideas with you that are from your Bible and, uh, and help us to have what I might call a more uh, comprehensive approach to thinking about God, healing, and health uh, in our day. If I asked you to uh, quote a verse from Isaiah about healing, most people would go straight to chapter 53 and say, well, by his stripes I am healed. But in fact, this is also in Isaiah, uh, this rather strange story And uh, in fact, although you may have very quickly read it and thought it had no relevance uh, um, to you maybe, there's actually a huge amount of stuff for for us to learn. So, without any further ado, what what principles of uh, health and healing can we learn from the chapter Isaiah 38 just read to us? Uh, first of all, good people can become ill. The, the chapter is about Hezekiah being ill. In fact, he's, he's very ill, isn't he? Because Isaiah shows up, and you know, wouldn't it be great if you were ill, and Isaiah shows up, you'd have thought, this is it now, here we go, I'm about to get healed. It's Isaiah, you know. It's not even like Jeremiah, it's Isaiah. It's not Habakkuk or something like that, it's Isaiah. Isaiah has just shown up. And uh, he's a man of God, the Spirit of the Lord is on him. And so Isaiah is going to show up and I'm going to leap out of my bed and be cured. And in fact Isaiah shows up and says, uh, well, um, put your house in order because you're going to die. How many of you know that he probably thought, I wish Jeremiah had, had come. Has anyone got Habakkuk's email and get him over here? I'm not sure I like that prophecy at all. Now Isaiah came and said, put your house in order because you're going to die. And uh, and we know that he didn't die and we'll we'll come to that in a minute. But but the first thing we learn, reading from uh, verse 3, where the king's speech begins similar like this. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion... And have done what is good in your eyes. If you're a Bible student of the Old Testament, you'll know that lots of the kings were dodgy. Lots of the kings turned their hearts away from God. That's the case. 
But Hezekiah is not your classic villain of the Old Testament. He's actually one of the goodies. He's uh, you know, one of the good people. He's one of the good kings. So the first thing we learn from the chapter, very simple thing, is that good people can become very ill. And so when people become ill or when you become ill, that, that's not a time for people to come to you, sit down with you like they did with Job and say, I wonder what you've done wrong. Or I wonder whether you've not been praying correctly. Or I wonder <coughs> whether there's some spiritual f- uh, force at work in your life. The truth is that none of these things were true. What was true was that he was a human living on earth and he became ill as a result of that. In fact, we learn at the end, he had a boil, everybody. A boil. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. And you can imagine Isaiah gets to heaven and says, Lord, thank you for receiving me, but can we just edit that bit out about me having a boil? No, still in there. So good people can become ill. That means you could, you could become ill. Uh, we, we could become frail. Things in our bodies can, can break down. And even more scary perhaps, although not scary when one has hope in Christ, is that actually there's a time to be born and there's actually a time to die as well. And sometimes, now don't get, don't get upset with me now, but sometimes hanging around some charismatics you would think they believed it was the will of God for people to live until they were 215. People go to funerals of people who are 82 and go, what happened? You know, as though something strange was going on. Nothing strange is going on. Sometimes good people get ill. Sometimes you will. Number two, hallelujah. God hears and answers prayer. Can you say amen? amen. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. God is a healer. Do you know what? I was just thumbing through the, I was thumbing through the internet. Uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, or maybe the day before. And I found a testimony online about a meeting that I did years ago. Uh, maybe four years ago. And the testimony online that I didn't know anything about was that a lady had been in the meeting and her blind eye opened. And I just read that yesterday. I thought, why didn't you tell me that? I mean, you can see now to write me a letter. Come on. No, it's amazing. God is a healer. And uh, so because Isaiah called upon God, God healed him. So we have to have these two truths together, which is that we can become ill and we can also become better because of God's goodness in our life. So God hears and answers prayer. If no prayer is prayed, God cannot answer it. You understand that? So we're required to pray. We're required to call upon God And he hears and answers prayer. Number three, what else can we learn? Well, I put here, facing reality does not hinder a miracle. In the King's speech, uh, the text, not the film, 
in the speech, this is what Hezekiah says. He says this, I will not again see the Lord in the land of the living or be with those who dwell in this world. In other words, he said, I am going to die. Now you just imagine, now maybe I'm being a bit naughty today, just stop me if I get a bit too naughty. But you can just imagine him going, I will never again see, what does he say? I will never again see the Lord in the land of the living. Or I'm not going to dwell with those in this world. In other words, he was saying, I am going to die. And you can just imagine a few charismatics passing by his bedroom, hearing him say this, kick the door down, rush in and say, don't say that. No, you shouldn't say that. No, no, no. You, you should rather say, I feel fine. Oh yes, there's nothing wrong with me. Do you know what? He didn't do that. And that's good news, because that means you don't have to do that. If you're ill, you're ill. You don't have to pretend you're not, especially not to some uh, charismatic friend. Uh, now, now, I believe that uh, there are times where we need to put God over our tongue. I believe there are times we need to speak things out that are positive and uplifting. Of course we should. And we should agree with God's word. But that doesn't mean that we have to deny reality. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? amen. Walking around thoroughly sick but pretending you're not. In case somebody from the faith movement comes up to you and goes, you shouldn't say that. No, the king freely said, I am in bad health. There are people who don't go to the doctor on the basis of this. There are people who don't take medicine because they think somehow it's going to short fuse their, their faith connection with God. But this is not what the man of God in the Bible did. The man of God in the Bible knew that God could heal him, but he didn't know what God was going to do, and he took the best advice he had from his physicians, which was that he was going to die. And so that's the third thing. We, it's not about denying the reality. To be healed doesn't mean that you deny that you are sick. I love what it says in the book of Hebrews regarding Abraham, the man of faith. It says this, he did not uh, deny the situation. It says he faced the facts that his body was as good as dead. And uh, facing the facts is not denying our faith in God. Both things can work together. You can say, I have a problem. Uh, it has not gone away. I have prayed about it. I still have it. But I believe that God is still my all-sufficient one. But that's not the same as when someone asks you, how are you doing? You say, well, I'm actually... I'm actually completely fine. I'm cancer-free, you know, when you're not. 
Now, I don't think God requires of us that we should become liars in order to fulfill some ingredient of faith. So, number three, he faced reality. And it didn't seem to stop him getting healed. At the end of the story, you know, he gets healed. And him telling everyone, putting his house in order, as Isaiah had previously advised him to do, he didn't stop him from getting healed. And facing the facts won't stop you getting healed. Of course you should go to the doctor. Of course you should get yourself checked out if you're not feeling very well. And God may surprise you by doing something that the doctor cannot do. Number four. We notice here that illness can shape our character. Presumably for the good. Here's what the king writes in his speech. He says... I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. Can we just read that? Can we just read that together, please? Let's say it. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of soul. Amazing. We read in, you know that these stories are often repeated in the Bible. And in the version of this story that appears in another part, it appears in Kings and also Chronicles. It actually says there that actually Hezekiah, in one of the versions of the story, it says that Hezekiah, though though he was a good king, though he was a righteous man, he also had a big problem. And his problem was pride. It says that. It referenced his pride. And we don't read about his pride here, but here's the absolute allusion to it as the word of God just dovetails together. It says here, I will walk humbly. Because of this anguish of my soul. He says, you restored me to health and let me live. Surely, it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Now, once again, you want to be careful who you tell that to. Lest they take you to one side and tell you this is not, this is not right. In fact, we read here in, on the screen and in your Bible. That sometimes God works things through for good that do not appear good at the time. It's logical, isn't it, that if God works everything together for good, if he works things together for good, the logical uh, conclusion to that is that at the time it doesn't seem good. If God's going to work it for good, it means at the time we thought it was bad. Right? We thought it was bad. Hezekiah says this. He's not saying, oh, I want to be ill again. Hezekiah is not running into the street and going, let me drink some stagnant water and get ill again. Hezekiah is not running out in front of a horse to be run over again. But his testimony is this. It was for my benefit that I suffered. It was for my benefit that I suffered. His testimony, it may not be your testimony, but his testimony was the fact that he went through the mill, the grinding mill, the fact that he suffered actually shaped his character for good. 
Now let me just say very quickly, it's also possible for illness to shape our character for bad as well. So what's the difference? I think the difference is the choice that we make in the midst of it. There are some people, you dare not ask them how they are because they'll tell you. Now, that's not a contradiction to what I said earlier. I mean people who are ill and sort of pleased about it. They have something to complain about. Illness changes people's lives. This is not an empirical research statistic, but I imagine that many of the people we know, if not we ourselves, are ill about a third of the time with something. Right? And when illness comes, and when anguish comes and suffering comes, I think that we in Christ have a choice to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to become a gloomy uh, so-and-so. I'm not going to become cantankerous and a nightmare to be with. Rather, I'm I'm going to choose to be righteous all the way through to the end. That's why when Satan wanted to bring Job into a place of unholy thinking and living, he knew he had to touch his body. He could lose his money, he could even lose his family. But when he lost his health, that's when his character was challenged. And when we're not very well, that's when our character is challenged. More than maybe any other thing. And of course, if you've got pain in your body 24 hours a day, of course it's going to affect you. Of course you're going to be tempted not to wake up in the morning with a song on your lips. If you're going to go to bed in pain or in anguish, of course, there's going to be a sense where your joy is in danger of being stolen. And that's why all the more we have to draw near to Christ and say, even though I'm in this difficulty, as we're going to see in Philippians in the next few weeks, even though Paul was in jail In chains, figuratively and literally at times. He wrote this, I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm sure that's Philippians 4 and verse 4. Hezekiah said this, this illness has done me good. Last year, Early part of last year, I wasn't very well. It did me a lot of good. It did me a lot of good. I knew it at the time as well. A group of pastors from the city came to pray for me because I'd been so ill. Around about this time last year. or Early March, probably. And when they came around to see me, I think they'd all thought to themselves, what's he going to be like? Is it going to be awful in there? And in fact, I was really jolly. I think they wanted petrol money when they saw how happy I was. (laughs) Looked at me like, well, what's going on here? One guy came over, Baptist pastor, he brought a whole thing of petrol to pour over my head. I said, can't you just speak the word, brother? We just just cleaned this carpet up. 
And they stood around me to kind of comfort me and pray for me. And I ended up really just sort of ministering to them. I said, no, no, it, it, it's fine. They said, well, are you, are you well? I said, no, I'm, I'm not well. But I feel good. I feel good. Because how many of you know it's possible to feel bad and also feel good at the same time? So are you ill today? Sure. If you're ill today, of course we want to pray, don't we? And you ought to pray. But ask yourself this, what is going on in me? Now, I know we can have all sorts of disputes where, does God make people ill? Is it the devil? Well, let's just clear that off the table for the moment. Because sometimes we, 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 perhaps we're not sure about some of these things. But one thing we can be sure about is, what is this illness doing in my heart? And am I, am I becoming more like Christ because of this illness or less? Why is it that God wants me to be off work? You know, what, what am I doing? Not able to do this, this and this. How come that's happened? Surely that can't be God's will. Well, perhaps it can Maybe God has some plan you don't know about. Maybe God thinks it's time for you to have a lie down for a few days. You say, well, Lord, if I was going to have a lie down for a few days, can't I do that in Corfu? Why do I have to do that in Adderbrooks? Adderbrooks is free. I think. <laughs> At the moment, anyway. <laughs> Hezekiah said, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good idea that I was ill, he said. It's a good idea. It was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. What do you think about your illness? Is it your friend or your foe? Well, of course, in many ways it's your foe. And of course we know Christ came and he went around doing good and healing all. So the revelation of God is to heal. Tonight, in a few hours' time, uh, I'm uh, uh, doing a, um, a healing meeting in, well, I don't know, 90 minutes away from here. And people will be cured tonight. And they'll be happy about it. But not everyone's cured, are they? Even at some of the greatest meetings you've been to, they weren't all cured. And God, sometimes he's doing something else. Number four, illness can shape our character for good. Number five, witnessing a wonder births worship. At the end of the chapter, Hezekiah's a happy man until he found out that his boil was going in the Bible. But he was a happy man. And he starts to praise God. Verse 18, the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. The living, verse 19, the living they praise you. As I am doing today. Fathers tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, verse 20. And we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. Hezekiah was a happy bunny. Because of his miracle. 
He had a miracle. He was going to die. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't. And he was going to live 15 years longer. What does he say about it? He says, I'm going to pass this story on. Not only am I singing today, but I'm going to pass this on to the generations to come. And if God's going to heal you, it's for lots of reasons. One of them is to give you a story to give to your kids. Come on. And to your grandchildren. If God's going to touch you, it's so that you can give him praise and so that even those who weren't even there will give him praise. That God might do a, a, a wonder in your life. Let me talk to all the parents here for a moment. Let me encourage you. Tell your stories of the goodness of God. Let your children grow up in a home where there are stories about the goodness of God. Not just stories about Samson and Delilah and Goliath. Uh, that, that's not another bit of the Bible, by the way, where they all met together. <laughs> not just stories about David and Goliath. Not just stories about, you know, the strength of Samson. Not just stories about Noah's Ark. Not just stories about how Jesus healed the man lowered in a bed from the roof. But God wants you to tell your stories to your kids. Your stories. Of the day when you were the Noah, when you were the Samson, when you were the David. And when you saw the goodness of God happen. And that's why you need, in your own life, maybe some fresh stories. For God to do something fresh. We serve not a God of the dead, but of the living. The living, active God. Here in this room today. Among us. Willing to help us. Willing to heal. Sometimes we need fresh stories. So he says, the Lord will save me. And we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. He woke up in the morning praising God. He went to bed praising God because he'd been through the test and now he was out the other side. And there was a miracle that was now part of their family history. Number six, final, final thought to come out of this uh, chapter and perhaps this is the most amazing one of all. Or at least it was to me. Inspired choice of medicine. I want you to look at verse 21. Isaiah 38 verse 21. After all this uh, miracle has occurred and the king's written his big speech, his big... His big um, Diary entry. The text finishes with this very curious verse. Now we haven't really talked about how the sun moved uh, back along the steps 
That's a message maybe for another day. But it's this verse, verse 21. Isaiah had said, prepare a poultice of figs and apply it to the boil and he will recover. What on earth does that mean? Because if we didn't have... If we didn't have that verse, this whole story would read differently. Hezekiah was healed by medicine. There it is. It's in your Bible. It's here by medicine. God blessed medicine. Yes. God inspired medicine, yes, but medicine. Medicine. Now again, I, I know I'm naughty. But maybe it's last night spilling over into today. But you can just imagine Isaiah being moved by God. God says to him, this is the medicine you should give him. Poultice of figs. So he goes to the chemist, costs £8.20 or whatever it costs now. He goes to give it to him. Isaiah, listen, just listen to this. I know you don't believe it's in the Bible, I know that. But listen to me. Isaiah gets a word from the Lord. Not lay hands upon him. Not rub him up and down a bit. Not push him over. Not speak. Not shaka, shaka, shaka. No. No oil. No words of command. Nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Go to the chemist and get him this. What rubbish this is. That is not very exciting, is it? So the, the, the prophet of God, I mean, he's Isaiah. For goodness sake, he's Isaiah. In a few chapters' time, he's going to write, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. His verses first apply to him, Isaiah. Yes, later, Jesus Christ, but first of all to him. The great charismatic prophet, don't you know that in the same chapter, he had told the son to move down the steps. So he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> Go to the chemist and buy him this. What is this all about? So he goes to the chemist. I mean, you know, whatever that means then. And he says, chemist, I need a poultice of figs. And the chemist says, well, just go away for 20 minutes and we'll have it for you. Isaiah goes away. The chemist says, we want you to pay now before you go. <laughs> Not preparing no figs and having you go. Let's see your money. I may be adding to the text here a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so he, goes, he gets the medicine and he goes to the king. And there's the king. 
And Isaiah told him, the Lord's going to heal you. He's going to add 15 years to your life. And Hezekiah says, oh, thank you. That's just absolutely marvelous. I was hoping for something like that. Why didn't you tell me that when you first arrived here? I've just been on the phone. Just been on the phone to Joel and he's coming over this afternoon. So Isaiah comes through the door, the man of faith and power. And what does he do? He gives him a tablet. A tablet? You better the king, I know. I'm a man of faith. I don't take medicines. No, no, I don't take medicines. Get those figs away from me. Figs. A poultice of figs. I'm not, don't you be going near my boil. I'm trusted in God to heal me. I'm trusted in God to heal me. I don't need medicines. I'm trusted in God to heal me. And God had ordained for him to be healed by the medicines. What kind of medicine? Well, I'll tell you. Inspired medicine. Medicine that God had told him to prescribe. There's a lot of doctors in the room. There's a lot of doctors who listen online. Hear the word of the Lord. God can tell you what to prescribe. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news for us patients and all, by the way. And you could be the kind of doctor or nurse that prays for your patients. And that would be a blessing. And you can also, in the Bible, be the kind of doctor or nurse that gets a word of knowledge or a sense of wisdom about what medicine you should prescribe. And the best bit is this. You want to know the end of the story? Isaiah took the medicine. Or Hezekiah. Didn't Isaiah want the figs and all? took he took it he took it he did not leave the medicine on the side going I, I'm just going to believe God I'm going to put a tape on of brother dingling reading the healing scriptures and I'm going to leave the medicine just here he may well have put the tape on of the healing scriptures but he took the medicine as well and I want to encourage you it's an amazing chapter. It's an amazing chapter. Because in this chapter, it breaks every rule of charismatic healing you've ever read in your little, little handbook. Don't say you're ill. <laughs> God never wants you to be ill. Illness is always your enemy. And you shouldn't worry about medicine. And all those rules are all broken in this one chapter. Where the man of God is happy to say, I'm feeling lousy. The man of God is happy to say, I might even die. The man of God is encouraged by an inspirational selection of medicine to apply to his life. So hear the word of the Lord to you today. You know what it's going to be, don't you? Keep taking your tablets. Till the doctor tells you you should. Huh, shock horror. You know, I was, I was telling one of our great learned doctors just last night. 
that uh, I was prescribed. I've had, I've had a bit of trouble. I'm not going to say what, no. <laughs> probably they all know anyway. And now they're guessing. They're probably guessing worse than it is. <laughs> probably thinking I've got some sort of boil or something like that. You started that, not me. I've had a bit of trouble, I tell you. And finally, they give me this pill. It's fantastic. Two a day. So I believe God and I take three. <laughs> I feel good. Da, 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 da. I'm playing basketball. <laughs> Amazing chapter, isn't it? Did you learn something today? Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Our God is a healer. But sometimes he even uses the GP. Even the one you went to go and see, you didn't get the one you liked and you got that one that you don't like. I shouldn't say this because it's a real person, but I believe he's dead now. When my family were growing up, our family doctor was called Dr. Povey. And we would do anything not to see him. <laughs> the uh, tannoy would come on, uh, Mr. Smith for Dr. Povey. Then there'd be silent. No one would go in. <laughs> there'd be a little gap and then, Mr. Jones for Dr. Povey. Nobody moved. <laughs> Finally, the tannoy. Anyone for Dr. Povey? <laughs> but listen, God can even use Dr. Povey. <laughs> well, maybe not now he can't. Take your tablets. And thank God for them. What did Paul tell Timothy? He said, don't just have water, have wine. For your many illnesses. He said, Paul traveled with a doctor. Hey, that's a good idea, isn't it? Dr. Luke, the good Samaritan, saw the man lying on the road. What did he do? Go over there, pray for him? No. He gave him medicinal care. Gave him medicinal care. If your car broke down and the RAC showed up, you'd want him to do more than pray a blessing over your engine. You would hope they had some equipment. The medical profession have equipment. The medical profession are limited, aren't they? And those in the medical profession will, will know that more than us. They are limited. Our God is greater. But God used medicine in the Bible and he will use it today. Praise God. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.